Hi, thank you for calling the Among Friends pod. This is Sophia. How can I help you? Uh, hi, Sophia. So I've been having a problem with my card. I'm hoping you can really help me. Oh, absolutely. Let me just pull you right up. Can I have your first name? Yes, it's Julie. Julie, yes. Smith. I love- you didn't yeah. ask that. I knew it. <laughs> Damn it. I just fucking assumed. <laughs> so, welcome to another week of the Among Friends pod. Um, <laughs> and obviously, as you could tell by that little call exchange that we're going to be talking about code switching. And what a time it's going to be. So first and foremost, maybe not everybody understands code switching. Yeah. Or if they do, it's very subtle because it's more unconscious for them. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what is code switching and what are some examples of it? So I think generally code switching is just the um, the idea that you have a different demeanor, act a different way, say different things among different groups of people. Um so definitely the way I talk to you and my other friends and the way we talk on this pod is very different from how I speak to my associates in corporate America. When I'm on the phone, it's hello, thank you, please. If I call Vito, it's where are you, cunty queen? <laughs> Ooh, sir. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I mean, I think as black professionals that's um something we do every day um i think this is a conversation that a lot of people of color black people has been like a lot of people of color deal with usually some type of code switching um whether it be like more subtle or like more like great yeah and so i know this is an audio thing but i am very white passing um, that was one of the running jokes in our friend group is that I'm actually white and I have to show my skin divide um, to have the minority card. Um, but I digress. When you look at code switching, I mean, there's a couple of reasons why people do it. Uh, I mean, the first... <coughs> could you not? I'm trying to speak. I'm dying, but thank you for well, then wondering. Die. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Hurry up. I'll get on that right now, God. sir. Thank oh you. My. Anyway, um, the first, I think the biggest one is to either avoid stereotypes or mm. if you want to lean into a stereotype to do that. Mm. Um, I think another one is really when we think about the general acceptance and what success yeah. looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at the broader picture, since both of us are in corporate, we work in business, we want to take over the world, not in domination sense. We already did that in episode one. But um, a majority of people that want to climb the ladder, the higher they mm-hmm. want to go, the more they tend to code switch. Yes. So I find myself doing it a lot and work. As do I. I, th- I just think I, w- you know... We both work in, like, corporate for pretty big companies. Um, so I think, I, I've, honestly, it's a hard, it's an interesting topic to talk about because in a way you shouldn't have to, you know, appeal more to white sensibilities because that really what is what's at the root of some sorts of code switching. Like, it's when you have a certain way of talking, way of being, but you then, like, switch to something more palatable for white people because that's <laughs> in your certain job that may be, you made, you are definitely probably the only person of color on your team. I'm like... Yeah. And that's the biggest question is, do I suppress my identity, my cultural identity, or what what makes me me, my entire upbringing, to trade off for success? Is there a way for me to circumnavigate that con- like area when it comes to code switching and really be myself and still be successful? And for me, I think a lot of folks that I know and I talk to, it's more so like... Let me be successful first and then expose who I am. But at that point, I think it's too late. Mm. 
I get what you're saying. Because at that point, you're like too deep. In, you're too lost in the sauce. Right. How do you even know how to get back? And you I get that. You are knee deep in the fields. Knee deep. Now, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Kind of missed Harriet on her run. So, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> I, but, but, I mean, it's a real thing. Like, and even with, like, some of the other black professionals that I work with, we, like, when we, even at work, when we're just talking to each other, we, that's a different conversation than what we, how we would speak to each other when our white co-workers are around. And a lot of that has to do with, like, the slang we use or sort of the words that we use. We won't use those, you know, when, like, the manager is here. Yeah. And I, and it's, it sucks, and I don't think it really should be that way. And, like, I've seen this on Black Twitter, like, a whole bunch of people talking about how, like, they've slipped up. And I, I read this whole thread about how people are, like, I've, you know, I slipped up. I used, like, a slang word, like, on accident in a meeting, and I had to explain to white people what that meant. And that's part of the reason people code switch. Yeah, and I think, because it goes beyond the whole racial identity, too. Right. I mean, like, a majority of my friends are gay, or, like, yes. we've been around each other for a long enough time. You can't, gay co- people code switch all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, I I remember distinctly, last Halloween, I had sent a text, because one of my coworkers sent a picture of her kid, and I said, yes, yeah, she's serving, and they were like, I'm so confused. Oh, no. Where is, uh, what is she serving? And I, looks. Was, I said, looks with L E W K S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only looks. And she again was like, couldn't read that. What does that mean? She did, did your autocorrect. Do yes, that. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she basically said, please stop being gay. Uh, <laughs> please be hetero for me. <laughs> Effectively homophobic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Especially it, being black and gay, I think that's like another level of code switching that you gotta do because that's a whole other conversation we can have about the similarities between black and gay culture and how like they feed off of each other and grow um for you know for good and bad things but right not even to mention though like the homophobia that runs deep in black communities right that's it yeah and that's like a whole nother topic that we can get get into another time but like i know that was really big is because at least in like my family growing up they would always associate and say, oh, that's so gay. Yeah. Every time something was bad because there's such deep homophobic ties into it. Yeah. Because of this whole masculinity complex. Right. And like, bleh, vomit, Gross. goodbye. Yes. Um, and that's just, oh, I hate how that just, I just hate how it is in corporate America with, with that. Because like, it then puts this whole thing on people of color to be like, you are the ones that's going to have to act a different way if you want to make it farther. Whereas all your white counterparts bring themselves to work as they are. And then this is another reason, this is part of the reason I sort of hate, like, how corporations are like, be authentic. Bring yourself, bring yourself to work. Be authentic. 100% authenticity and that will help us grow. Diversity and inclusion. That means bringing your real self. We are family here. Shut your stupid ass up. (laughs) Shut your stupid ass up. Because if I were to tell my manager when they'd be like, we're staying here till 6 o'clock, and I said, no, bitch, I'm going to catch a case. All right. No, absolutely not. I'm not bringing myself to work, bitch. A case of unemployment. That's that, <laughs> that's what we'll catch, and I'm not trying to do that. Okay? Yeah, I, I mean, it. it is hard. I think there's pleasantries. Right. Yes. That's natural or professionalism, but mm-hmm. also it goes back to what is professional. Right. If I'm just carrying myself in a certain way that I think is professional, it goes like hairstyles. 
Like, people shouldn't have to change their hair. Like, braids are considered unprofessional. Which Why? is wild. Who the hell made that up? Yeah, a dumb bitch made that up. Like, you see how crisp some of them braids be looking? Look at the edges. At when they're laid. laid oh! It's like, damn girl, you deserve a promotion. Honestly? You're walking in here and you're the CEO. I would much rather follow a woman with beautiful braids than Karen that just walks in here with the same manager haircut. You know what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. not even going to describe it. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, trying to direct us. Because I just know. I just know. And I like to see like, people of color in power because I feel that I can be more accepted. And it goes back to the question of, like, is it enough to just have inclusion or how do you create belonging and where does it all fall within right. this matrix? And I think that is a constant struggle that everybody faces that makes this decision, whether to code switch unconsciously or consciously. Yeah. I know, like, I code switch pretty, I think at least at this stage of my life, pretty consciously still. Um, I want to try to make it so that it's never unconscious, like, not that I'm, not, I'm just doing it to do it. Like, I want to make sure that I'm making the decision to do that. Um for just to maintain control over myself, but it usually only happens at work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like, and one of the things that I thought was interesting because I don't know if my coworkers are code switching. I mean, I assume, mm. right? Yeah. But I was curious, like how many people actually code switch? And I found out like just below 50% of black people code switch in the workplace and mm. they feel like they have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously when we look at the numbers, it's individuals that have four-year degrees, those that are more in a corporate space. Yeah. But almost 50% and that's wild. And yeah. Hispanic populations are not that far behind. Mm -hmm. So it shows how bad like those two populations are affected when it comes to what is defined as success. And mm -hmm. it is, frankly, bullshit. It is. It 100% is. And, like, I don't know why, cor like, corporations are tone deaf about that. I think big companies are tone deaf. Because they'll have all this diversity and inclusion talk, and they'll talk about bringing your authentic self to work, and they'll try to put together something for Hispanic Heritage Month, but it's real, real weird, real weird. Um, or, or tone deaf or like disinterested or the bare minimum, they do the bare minimum for black history month. They do the bare minimum for anything. Um, and they expect people of color to continue to work for the certain organizations. And you're, you're like when they don't, because your efforts are not well thought out or you did not ask the, the group that you're trying to, to include or talk to about what they would like to see. And you just put on some rendition of what white people think people of color want to see. And you wonder why uh, your efforts aren't aren't too going too well. Well, my issue with this whole thing is the whole effort and where is the effort placed. Mm. I'm tired of seeing, oh, well, you're a people of color. We don't understand you. Make so that you space need to for change. yourself. Yes. Yeah. You need to change. Or it is your responsibility to create that change in the organization. Mm -hmm. Again, bullshit. Like, I, I You want me to come into a space and change the entire organization? Right. You, right. And you expect that I wouldn't be met with pushback? Right. Like, at work, I'm part of this, one of the diversity <laughs> inclusion networks that we do. Um, I'm part of the LGBTQ one. So, like, the whole point of it is that we're programming or making, like, trainings or events or whatever we want centered around the LGBT community for the broader firm that I work at. And we're, we're like, talking about attendance. And I'm like, none of it's mandatory. So the people that should go to... Um, trainings on how to talk to trans co-workers or how to to you know talk to like 
not be weird when your your fucking coworker comes out to you or anything like that or like says like talks about their life and you ha- not be weird about it. The people that need to go to that aren't going to that because it's all fucking optional. So half the time they're having you <laughs> trying to create this space for yourself and no one is going to listen because they're not going to make anyone do it. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's so many issues and a lot of this comes back to how do we now shift that narrative to kind of suppressing this dominant culture? Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is going to be on the minorities to do. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Gen Z in the previous episode and you know, I mean, they're the most diverse generation. And so naturally, there's going to have to be a shift, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't have to be that all of us minorities have to band together to suppress this dominant heteronormative cisgender white culture to feel safe and respected at some places. Like I feel safe in my workplace, but that does not avoid what we're talking about, which is like code switching and feeling that you have to present a certain way to get where you want to go. Exactly. Because it goes back to mentorship and how do you do all those things. Exactly. And it's annoying, honestly, like I'm ready to jump off cliff right now. Yeah. No, it 100% is. And we're talking about like, you know, Gen Z and, like, the things that are no longer accepted in the work. Like, people are going into these workplaces and expecting you to be as good as we want you to be. Like, you want me to be an employee and work as hard for you. I want you to be a company that I care about working about, like, working for. Because I'm not going to put all my effort in if you do the bare minimum, I can leave. Well, you are 25, and yes, you should have come with 15 years of experience. Exactly. Started, so exactly. I think we need to get our You should have had a master's degree before you were born. Didn't you know that? Did you think that you should have been born into a wealthy household? Because you mm-hmm. should have thought about that before. Did you did you ever think that maybe you shouldn't have been black? <laughs> <laughs> then um, you would have gotten that promotion, huh? Yeah. Uh, See you next year. I, I did think about Michael Jackson and myself. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but no, I mean there are people out there that literally go out and bleach themselves. I know Michael Jackson had, like, an issue and yeah. a condition. But, but no, that's a definitely a thing among it. a lot of, like, yeah. African and Caribbean cultures. They right. do bleach their skin. Or people who have been around a culture where they don't respect or understand the beauty of, like, how dark your skin can be. And to make, like, for you to feel beautiful or fit in, they do use harsh chemicals on their skin. And this is all because of the reigning white, the dominant white cisgender heteronormative culture. Hmm. I'm going to close out with this. I think that overall, we need to be the change. It's unfortunate. That's what has happened. Mm-hmm. When we think about code switching, things aren't going to necessarily change. But I think if more of us start to try and do less code switching, and like you said, mm-hmm. be more conscious of it, yeah. so we're in control, I think that we can get to a level point. But if we're really this melting pot of a country, I think we can do better, okay? Per the end, period, Thank done. you. Set the bar higher, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so, switching topics. Because we just talked about code switching and, like, the villain, which is corporate America, I think it's only right to talk about our favorite villain of all mm. time. So... I can start. Yeah. I think my favorite villain of all time is Ursula. 
Ooh. Um, number one, she was serving. She was. Queen. She was. The hair always on point. The mm -hmm. song. Oh, poor unfortunate souls. No, ma'am. It was fortunate. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got a front row seat. Ursula that. is a queen. Um, Go ahead, girl. She, yeah. She had every right to do everything she did. Um, also, taking advantage of Ariel because she's a little stupid. Period. Go off. Mm -hmm. Take her soul. Whatever you need to do. Um, I think she's my favorite because she's also... Like, she's dramatic, and she is the drama. Yeah. But she's she iconic in her own way. And she's looking at big picture, and she does care. Like, I think that's the underlying message for her, is she mm -hmm. does care about society, and it's really just ways to destroy the norms yeah. and the system that was rigged against her. I think she's right. She's right. Honestly, I think half the villains are right. Usually, like I, more not, than half. More than half. Uh, usually, they're just people fighting against some kind of cultural norm, um, and uh, Loki. Sometimes the heroes are the ones enforcing the oppressive, like an oppressive state. But it's another conversation. I've been thinking about this long and hard about like well, who my favorite villain is, and I've thought about like across all like genres and, and universes and whatever, and I found it that's difficult. That's that's hard for me because. I really don't know if I have a favorite one. I often find myself agreeing with the villains. That does not surprise me. Yeah, so like, it's harder for me to have a favorite hero. Because there are a few heroes I think are are completely doing it for the right reasons. So, like, because like, like you said there, I think there are too many villains who they are just people fighting against some kind, like... Most villains have a terrible backstory, and when you really examine those backstories, depending on like the universe, it's really just because they were poor, oppressed, didn't get the mental health services that they needed, they're just regular, everyday people who were pushed to the brink, and now are what we describe as villains because society has offered them no other net, like no other way to go. I mean, you're not wrong. I, right. I think a lot of villains, they are doing a lot of these things because they were wronged. I, I just thought of, I'm sorry to interrupt you, I just got thought of an answer in okay. my brain meat. My favorite villain, Batman. <laughs> Batman. Okay. <laughs> why? I have to know why. Because I'm trying to think of a villain who's villainous. I'm trying to think of a bad person. Mm. And it's Batman. Because Batman goes around with billions of dollars and beats up poor people. His number one nemesis is a mentally ill man. Are you dead ass? I need the viewers to know, as soon as he's doing this, she's literally bouncing up and down, like using all her body to tell me about this person. And she keeps like putting her finger above her mouth as if it's like making a true statement. It's just like, I, I can't. I respect that. Because... You thought about the question in a different way than I did not think about, but you're right. Everyone gives Batman shit because he's literally an asshole. Yeah. He's a billionaire. Get fucking therapy. Yeah, your parents were killed. Join the fucking rest of us. Go see a therapist because you can afford it and stop beating up those little Hispanic boys on the street. Did you see the new Batman movie? No. Did you fucking see that new one? I Who loved it. Who wants to watch that for three hours? I did, bitch. Okay. <laughs> But okay, I because I love a good you know I'm there for the movies and all that, um, but literally a scene, our you know Edward Cullen over there is out here beating up a gang of fucking 
Hispanic kids. Sure, they were going to rob this Asian man. I get it. Crime. But you're a billionaire. And you're, you said petty crime. That's where I serve. Petty crime. I'll go beat up those, those minors. Because with all my money, gadgets, and martial arts experience, the, the greatest foe is an underage minority child. Well, Thank you, Batman. He does want to respect his ancestors. So... Per. That's good. So, I had a second one. I, I really think that the Joker was a huge contender for number one mm-hmm. because I do think he was wronged so bad. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, that... It's funny that you bring up Batman. However, I have to be honest. I did think that you were going to say Thanos. Ooh, I do love that baby. <laughs> I, I just something about him making half the world disappear. Decent intentions behind it, but also he know what he's doing. I mean, I mean the genocide was one thing, but he gave a. If you've watched the movies, he gives. He's very charismatic. He gives wild fucking speeches about his beliefs, baby. Mm-hmm. And he has one hell of a snap. And let me tell you, I've thought about this many times. Maybe this will be another question we can we can talk about another time. But I feel like if I could Thanos snap shit, I would love that. But only if I could choose. I wouldn't be like, oh, half the universe. I'd be like individual. Who? Exactly. And I think it would just, it just sucks when you're like, because you're just blanketing like half of the world. You'd be like, oh, go die. But like, you don't know if that's half, like that those people are the ones that would rebuild and enact change. Like, it's just, I can't, I, I can't rationalize just making it randomized. I don't think that's fair. If it's random, it's not fair. Um, but if I definitely had power over it, uh, yeah, baby, yeah. Interesting. We would snap some people away. I love that. Um, well, this has been a really great conversation. I've really enjoyed this one. Um, and friends, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, quick little plug, please follow us on our Instagram at AmongFriendsPod and DM us your questions. We want to know what, and they could be out of pocket. Let's. You guess. know we love them out of pocket shit. Sonia is out of pocket 85% of the time. Damn right. This the, whole conversation, I'm bouncing. 15% <laughs> is her code switching. So, <laughs> <laughs> please hit us up. We love when people slide into our DMs. Give us a follow if you don't already. Tell your friends because we're all friends here. At the Among Friends pod. Be safe, everyone. Batman is always lurking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>